What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Hey, Matt, let me tell you a story. It was 96 or 97. I was a seventh grader, I think, seventh or eighth grader, I think seventh grader. Uh, going to my very first youth ministry conference as a junior high kid, Big Tent Revival played. So that'll tell you kind of the era it was in. And there were these two guys who got up and did uh, skits, just goofy skits. And they talked about Benoenis and other <laughs> stuff. And those two guys are the skit guys. And we are so excited today to have the skit guys, uh, Tommy Woodard and Eddie James with us today. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Matt, I didn't even ask how you're doing because our, our listeners at this point really don't, don't care. They, they, they know. As I'm looking at these guys in the pictures, I'm like, these are basically us, but they're funny. So <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these guys are what we aspire to. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Hey. Doing yeah. wonderful. You're doing fantastic. I I remember that show because. I loved Big Tent Revival at that time. Two sets of Joneses, man, that was fantastic. Yeah, yep. that was right as, I think that was right around the time like WWJD album came out, that compilation album. And so, I mean, their star was kind of on the rise. And uh, yeah, it was a, that for a seventh grader, man, that was like, I mean, it, it was amazing. Seventh grade. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I think I had just graduated high school at the time. So. <laughs> So, so, so first of all, like, just tell us a little bit about, about your story. Like, how did y'all get started doing drama? Um, was this just kind of something you like, you stumbled into, you know, it was, Hey, we're, we, you know, we get together, we laugh, we, we, other people seem to like it. Like how did, how did that happen? It, it all started at a Baptist church. Yeah. You know, Amen. Um, praise the Lord. We, <laughs> yeah, so that's why it's still going. Um, yeah, well, um <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, drama was my God. Uh, it was Eddie's God. It's what we did. We loved it. Um, my senior year in high school, a youth pastor invited me to go on a mission trip. Um, I said, no, uh, because why would I go on a mission trip? And then he said, we needed someone to do drama. And I was so arrogant. I was like, well, if God needs drama, he needs me. And uh, I really thought I would give God a, uh, a week and he'd owe me a lifetime. And, uh, and really what happened was I went for a week and he took everything and I came back, Eddie, you want to pick up for Mike there? I came back from the trip and you thought I'd lost my mind. Yeah. He was all religious. I, I had no idea. I, I wasn't a believer <laughs> or anything, but all I knew was that my buddy was like zombified into Jesus. And I, <laughs> and I did not know, like, seriously, like, if you're not a believer and then he goes away for a week and like, I'm like, what, what are you doing? Why are you? Oh gosh. I can't wait for you to get over this phase so we can get just back to being buddies again. And uh, he did not. And uh, he invited me to church. I, and then lo and behold, I said yes to Jesus. And uh, 
our youth minister started on Wednesday nights, basically having us do skits. Um, and I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say every Wednesday night you're going to do a skit. And we did it. We did it every Wednesday night. If if I wasn't there for some reason or Tony wasn't there, whatever, that would be when we didn't do a skit. But every single Wednesday, it wasn't like, hey, man, what are you talking about tonight? Oh, hey, guys, don't worry about it. No, it was, hey, what are you talking about tonight? Well, let's go into the Sunday school room and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Then you guys can work on a skit every Wednesday night. My senior year. Yeah, and he didn't know what he was going to talk about until seriously like 5.30 or 6 on Wednesday night, right? right? I'm glad I'm not the only the youth pastor age. who ever did that. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that's, that's not the only one. Describe his sermon prep as a pastor still, like <laughs> Saturday night at 11.59. He's finally done. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. true. But he, listen, this was the late 80s. The internet didn't exist. There was no downloadable anything. All he had was the Bible. You know, and so, you know, he, he'd make it up right there, you know, and then he'd look at us and be like, hey, do a skit in 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, we'd take 30 minutes and we'd mess up the Bible. <laughs> we'd take, yeah. I mean, poor guy, he would get up there oh, man. and every time you all know when you have a sermon to preach, you are ready to go. You're at least going to talk for 25 to 30 minutes. And when you got two yahoos over there taking up, you do the band, you'll do a testimony, you'll do a skit, and you'll do a message. And you're so hoping as a speaker, as a youth minister, that skit's going to really connect and you'll step right up there and go, hey, guys, it's a lot like what Tommy and Eddie just did right there, right? I mean, <laughs> and we would take we would take 25 minutes and he's like, okay, 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 hold on. Now, just before before we say a prayer, um, you all need to know that David was not on the ark. Um, what else did they say? Uh, you know, just mess it all up for him. And and so at what point, like, did did it click like th- this could be a career? For us, right? Not you know, not just beyond doing like Wednesday night stuff, but like this this might actually be what God's calling us into for for vocation. We're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. We were both youth pastors. Um, we the only difference was we went to we went to Saddleback because our youth minister's brother was going to be. Uh, the youth pastor out at Saddleback at the time. And so he called his brother, Hey, do you have anybody? Our youth minister said, I got these two guys to do skits. And he was like, well, bring them out for the summer. Let's see, see, let them do skits in California. And so we both went out there as summer interns. We both got offered a two year internship. Tommy said, no, he went back to Oklahoma. I had a, I had a girlfriend, man. Right. You couldn't, you had to, you had to go, you had to go. I stayed and and that was the trajectory right there. We're both going to be youth ministers. Um, during those seven years, we had buddies that would bring us back and we would do skits. I would say for the most part, when I worked in student ministry at Saddleback, um, Rick would have me do a skit. Like every eight weeks, I would I would be up in big church and there's six services. And it really was like the comedy club to... I'd work with different people and we'd put on a skit, whatever the point number two or three was, I would do a five to six minute skit and I would record every single one of those suckers, like, because it was all improv and, but you had six times to really hone it in. And by Sunday at, you know, 11 o'clock or one o'clock, you had a great skit. And the only thing that I had to prove I had a great skit were these cassettes that I have somewhere in this office still to this day. But 
When I moved back to Dallas and Tommy was a youth minister there, I am not joking. Kyle, Matt, I'm not joking. In like 1997, when I moved back, the phone started ringing at Tommy's house and it, it never has stopped since then. Like we've never, ever, ever put out one bit of publicity to book the skit guys. Not, not one time have we ever put out a uh, publicity on us to hire us to book us, but, and, and it really just started happening. And I had all these cassettes of all these skits from years and we just play it. Hey, we could do this. We could turn this into a two man and this could be a two man. And it really just, we were still youth ministers even when I moved back and it slowly took over. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And I would add to that, Ed, uh, you know, you mentioned hot hearts. I mean, it was a, it was a really great time because, you know, in being in Texas, we were able to do uh, Super Summer Texas, the Youth Evangelism Conference, and then all over the state were these hot heart conferences. So you really had just this great opportunity to uh, to hone your craft, to be in front of people. And yeah, that, I mean, that really catapulted us. I, we got to a point where I was a full-time youth pastor and I was uh, <laughs> I was curled up in the fetal position in the shower one time because I couldn't do it all. I couldn't do student ministry and skits and everything else. And so it really got to a, a, a breaking point of going, OK, we've got to figure out what we're going to do now. And yeah. And then, you know, God opened up doors for both of us to kind of move in different directions and do this. And yeah, it's been fantastic. Yeah, there really was a time, even with our students, like they're getting the raw end of the deal here. And yeah. sometimes they would, we would be with them at a camp. So they're watching their youth pastor perform skits and it was really cool, but still at the end of the day, you're not walking into that, you know, that camp room to do the final Bible study or the, you know, the debrief talk. It's your volunteers because you're over here having to do this or that because, you know, so it, it started to get a little wonky, especially for the students, unfair to them more yeah. than anything. Awesome. Well, so as as pastors, we usually will have an outline of something like, you know, points one, two and three uh, that are going to have an explanation, illustration and application and then a transition. That's usually mine. You know, there's the point I explain whatever part of that text. I'll illustrate it in some way, apply it and then go forth. And uh, and so sometimes when I see your your skits and so forth, that reminds me of of that is this is a great way to illustrate some biblical truth. And, uh, and so our, our next question is really, what is the value of storytelling for pastors and church leaders? The people that listen to us are pastors, youth pastors, worship pastors, kind of all across the board. And so what's really the value of storytelling uh, for them that we can learn from you guys? Matt, it's the heart of why we do what we do. Like, like what you just said, is the reason we make videos like we don't make videos to see ourselves. We don't, we make videos to help the pastor, the youth pastor, whoever it may be, tell the story. You know, I, I know as a teaching pastor myself, I'm always looking at that outline and going, okay, I know between say point two and three, I need something, or I'm just going to be lulling them to sleep, you know? Um, and so, or, or if I can find something that will start off the message that gets them thinking like, God, that's, that's it. And so we, it, it took us a while to get there. You know, we used to start off by making really long videos 
And then we learned as pastors, we're like, yeah, it's too long. I can't use it, you know? And so we realized we've got to tell a story in about three minutes, you know, and not give away your message, but compliment your message. I mean, I, the value is that that's the value of everything we do when it comes to making videos. Ed? I remember when I said yes to Jesus and I started going to Tommy's church and uh, back then in the eighties, there was Sunday night church and my parents were going to take me. So I had to ride my bike, which I was missing the Jeffersons and Trapper John MD. So this was a big deal. Not worth it. Not worth it. (laughs) So yeah. Tell me why. Tell me why I should leave my house. Tell me. So, but I did. I moved on up and I did. Um, I remember my first Sunday night church. um, I sat in the back. I was all new to this Christian stuff. And um, the pastor, uh, there's a, there's a solo and I start clapping. This is like 1988. I start clapping. After the song is over, right? After the song is over. And everybody started clapping. And I remember as a senior in high school, being in the very back pew going, yeah, I did that. I made everybody clap. (laughs) And the pastor gets up, my new leader, my new leader gets up and goes, congregation, we do not laugh in the house of God. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We do not clap in the house of God. Amen. And I'm sitting in the very back and I, my codependency is now kicking in, right? I feel so bad. Like I am, ah, ah. and I just remember looking at shoulders slumping. I, I mean, just literally slumping. And you heard this, amen, like a unison grunt of amen. And then he goes, I said, amen. And everybody went, amen. And I really remember being in the back there going, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. What did I say yes to? I don't know if I can do this. I I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do this gig. I, I don't know. And then I remember there was this. It was like during summer camp. There was a guy, there was a preacher named Emery Gad. He was from Houston. Mm. And every night during super summer in, in Oklahoma, Emery Gad, this preacher would get up and he would just bring the Bible. To, I can still remember his sermons as he told oh. the story of the woman caught in adultery to the rich young ruler to, I mean, it was like Jesus's greatest hits. And it was like a one man show it was comedy. It was drama. It was story all rolled up into one man doing everything. And I was like, I want more of that. I, I can do that. I want to learn about that guy. I want to learn about Jesus that way. Um, and, and I think both of us have probably been chasing that, uh, oh. you know, since we were teenagers to go, that's how you tell the story about the Bible. Um, yeah. So there is a lot of creativity with that. I think I think we're Luke twelve forty eight. Too much is given, much is expected. I feel that onus and responsibility. Whether it's a video, a live skit, whatever we're doing, what do you do to to? And here's the deal too. In the nineties, biblical illiteracy from our from our congregation, our audience. I mean, they were at a third grade reading level in the nineties. I don't even know what it would be now in in twenty twenty one. But for when pastors say, we all know the story. No, we don't. Like, I mean, 
We all have this responsibility to tell the story and not assume everybody knows it anymore because they don't, or it's so mishmashy because of social media, but to tell the story creatively, to tell it and, and to put Jesus to where we're looking at him going, that's what I want. I, I want to know more about Jesus. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. And and as you were answering that, I, I couldn't help but remember the uh, the Peter and John, the tomb video. That was one that I've used in the service because I, I really wanted to see the desperation, the excitement, the just, I wanted to be able to kind of picture yeah. what was happening on my Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I thought I was going to go out and try and make this video or what, and I'm like, that's one is just one of me. So uh, <laughs> I got paint you know, clothes and do the slow guide. The, the one man show. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and so that's one thing in my mind. And and then I, I searched for, you know, Peter and, and John running to the tomb or whatever. That was one of the ones that popped up. And and it was just, it it really brought that picture of what we see there on on the page of scripture that we can see and, and kind of glance over it a little bit. We, we see running this guy's faster than, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it really brought it to life for our folks. And, and probably it, in some sense, the best thing I could have done when we we're done is let's pray, you know, <laughs> just wind it down because it really brought it to life. And so really grateful for that. But my, my question, as I was thinking of that, and actually while you were talking, I found it to make sure I found the exact title. Uh, but I know in all of this COVID stuff, I had to do a lot of takes and especially when I was recording sermons. And so my question for you guys is how many miles did y'all have to run that day? Mm. (laughs) Listen, I was thinking when you, the minute you mentioned that video, okay. um, I was one, thank you. What a great compliment, you know, and, and what a joy it was to, uh, to try and bring that story a little bit of life a little bit the love life to that story the thing i thought of right away and i don't know if you thought of it eddie or not but oh my feet hurt so bad because we've got on these like biblical era like sandals i mean it is it is a paper thin piece of leather and you're running on this rock and what they had to do was to take the audio out because as we're running, when you just see our feet or whatever, what you would hear if the actual audio was in was us going, ow, 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 ow. Like, so I don't know how far we ran. I just know the second you start talking about that, there was a moment, oh, that's nice. And then just PTSD from running <laughs> on those rocks. Like it was insane. Yeah. Were, were we barefoot when we, when we did the stuff at the tomb? Like did we take off? Uh, no, like, when as yes, as soon as they weren't going to see our feet anymore, we put our shoes on. Yeah, because it yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. It was awful. So when you see us, when you here's what you can picture: when you see Peter and John holding those grave clothes, just know they're wearing sneakers. Like because <laughs> we had to get those, we had to get those sandals off so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, thank you for your compliment. That that's a that's a huge compliment. Thanks. We 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 really try. That's how we try to do story. Yeah. Yeah. And we and so, when this oh go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well no, no, well, I, I may be changing a little bit. I apologize, but it was one of the greatest compliments from a live performance. And this goes back a long time ago, is we were doing an event with Louis Giglio and we got up and we did a skit. 
And we sat down and Louis stood up and he said, I have nothing to add to it. Who needs Jesus? Oh, yeah. And and at that point you went, oh, wow. Okay. And, and, and it was, you're talking about two guys who, when we started doing skits, nobody laughed. No, most of the people didn't want you in there because you either needed to be singing a hymn or preaching. That's the only two things that could happen in, in the sanctuary. Right. And so starting off as guys that were like, nobody wants this, nobody's asking for this, but it's just what we want to do. So getting to that point and going, Oh wow, God can maybe use this, you know? And so I think story is huge. Of course. I mean, you know, we're not even bringing up the parables and the number of stories that Jesus told compared to the times that he preached, you know, but I mean, yeah, stories, everything. Yeah. And so along those lines, you know, as, as the pastors and the church leaders that, that are listening, you know, we, we're always, I, I, I hope trying to hone our craft. I'm sure with, with you guys, with, with drama and skits, you're always trying to in some shape or form improve or, or tighten it up or whatever. And, and one of the things that as a, you know, church kid growing up in church, I, I, I was raised there from two years all the way up. And so I was always there. And at times for me, as the little kid in the sanctuary, the teenager in the sanctuary, at times where I was a youth pastor listening to the sermons, the most boring part of the sermon was when the pastor was reading the scripture. And uh, because it was just, we got to get this out of the way so I can get to you know, my stuff, you know, and, and then suddenly, you know, he came to life. And, and years ago, I heard a pastor that would read the, the text and, and not acting. It, it, it didn't seem like it was forced or anything, but it just, it came to life with how he was reading it. And so, you know, the guys that are listening to this, like Kyle and I, uh, we're probably not going to be doing skits. And so we're not encouraging pastors to go home and say, you know, hey, this Sunday, you and your music minister do a skit before your sermon. That's probably not the, the gist of this. But maybe how can we take this, you know, these skits and how y'all are bringing to life some of these stories that we've heard a thousand times, sometimes by the boring, just reading straight through the passage to maybe bring in some life into our reading and our storytelling as pastors? What would, how would you encourage pastors in that way? Um, so I'm a teaching pastor at my church and I, I, I would say like, here's, here's the easiest thing. Here's the easiest thing. Recognize that your Bible has punctuation in it. Now, granted that punctuation wasn't there when it was originally written. We understand that, but the guys who translated it said, oh, there should be an exclamation point here. There should be a comma here. So anytime that you're reading the scriptures, especially in front of people, first of all, don't let it be a cold reading. You know, don't just open, like read it that morning beforehand. All right. And pay attention to what's what's happening there. Um, when you read the story of Lazarus, there's an exclamation point. Right. I mean, he, Jesus doesn't say Lazarus come forth like we've seen it every time in every stinking biblical movie. You know, he is shouting that out, you know, after he's just prayed, God, I know you always hear me. I'm just talking to you right now. So everybody else knows you hear me, you know, and then he's got the audacity to look at where a dead man is and to shout out, Lazarus, come out. You know, that's so different from Lazarus, come forth, you know, and and if you are, if you start your sermon with the reading of scripture, 
And that reading of scripture has some kind of up and down to it, some kind of what sounds more like a regular conversation rather than some old rote scripture, right? Your people are going to lean forward. Okay, I'm in. If this guy's going to read, just read the scripture to me like this, I can't wait to see what else he's got to say. That's good. Um, my my role at my church is a little bit different. I, I work behind the scenes more than in front, um, but I would I would say I'm the pastor's friend. Like, like I'm probably maybe one of the only people in the church that can go, don't wear that shirt. You look fat in that shirt. Don't don't wear that out. Don't just don't, you know, um, to to. <laughs> After a Saturday night, he'll look at me and go, "What? What do I need to change? What? 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 What didn't make sense in the in the sermon? What? What? What do I need to do differently?" Um, I I I'm about to I'm trying to make sure I I, I say this with everybody listening. Um, I think every personality that preaches, I think you have the ability to tell a story that's going to elicit some laughter. That's no matter what your personality is, if you're up there preaching, if you're up there talking, if you're in trying to engage the audience, um, we have an onus, I, I think, to, to make it, um, we're not making entertainment, but we are trying to make the story come alive. I think one way we do that, and one way I try to help my pastor is, hey, that was a great story before you entered that scripture. That was like when you told that story right there, whether serious or funny, um, you elicited some laughs. Humor breaks down walls for truth to enter. So if you can tell a funny story on the front end of that, and then you, and then you go into scripture, we're listening. If you can make me laugh, you have garnered my eyes and my ears to listen to whatever you have to say. And then the ability is, what do we have to say? So I really do think with any personality up there preaching, you have the ability to tell a, a funny story. And, and I would encourage you to go to wherever you want to go and write, what are your 25 funniest stories? What are your 25 funny or keep a little book? Like I have booklets in the back of my pocket and I'll write down funny things that I see or that I hear. And I think every preacher, every, every speaker has the ability to at least elicit some laughs uh, or a chortle or a chuckle that helps uh, the medicine go down when you, when you quote scripture. A chortle. That's good. I I, uh, I agree with you, Ed. I think wait. I think too. I would say read the story with fresh eyes and fresh ears. Oh, I mean, mm -hmm. as pastors, we've read these stories so many times. It's just like, oh, this is what happens next. I know, it. but but read it with fresh fresh ears and fresh eyes. I think about the story of Jesus walking on water, and I mean, you know, here's these guys and they're scared and they're like, it's a ghost. I mean, here's these guys. Here's the the, the you know the fathers of our faith, so to speak, these disciples, and now they've turned into Scooby and Shaggy, you know, and they're like a ghost, you know. Then then Peter, when he's this, this is how Peter. This is this is this is hilarious to me, you know. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. That's his litmus test. So what if it wasn't Jesus? What if it's some demon? Was the demon going to be like, oh, you got me. Sorry, it's a demon. I'm going to leave you alone. You know? <laughs> no, if it was a demon, the demon would be like, uh, yeah, it's me. Come on. You know, but so, I mean, there's stuff in there that that if you just read it and think about the reality of life, it's just funny. I mean, to me, that's funny. But then you bring it back around and you go, 
how did Peter know it was Jesus? He knew what his voice sounded like. You know, he heard him so many times. So when he says, hey, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you. And he heard it and he goes, I know that voice. I'll step out of here, you know? Yeah. My pastor every Christmas goes, I don't want, I don't want to do, uh, I I don't want to do shepherd, wise men, Mary, Joseph. And I'm like, you don't because you preached it, but the congregation may, maybe has heard it for the first time, the fourth time. And even if they've been in church for a while, it's like a Seinfeld episode. We can sit and watch our favorite TV show. Oh, I love this episode. And we don't sit there going, golly, I heard it before. We got to keep in mind our congregation and the biblical illiteracy, and they don't get every little dot and tittle that we get. It's okay to, just as Tommy showed, reimagine the story. We're not theologically breaking it apart, but we're adding some dimension to it. And we're, we're, we can get bored with it, but it doesn't mean the audience has gotten bored with it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's good. You can do the same story, different message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, as, as we begin to wrap up here, I, I want to shift um, gears just a little bit and talk about family camp. Um, and the, the movie that you guys are, are working on or, or have completed and uh, tell us a little bit about where that is in the process and, and what on earth made you think, Hey, we should make a movie. Like, that's a, <laughs> we do. Not, not another Christian movie. I want to make that movie. <laughs> I do too. Ed, you want to, you want to go ahead and take that? Friends, I think everything that we've ever done has been um, nobody's ever asked us to do it. I mean, it, it really has been that thing of, okay, we'll, 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 we'll do this and we'll, we'll see. We'll make videos for churches. But nobody was calling us going, let's, hey, can you guys make videos? Like it was, hey, there's screens starting to be in churches. Should we try to, like we would go do an event. And this is how the video stuff started. We would go to an event and I would look at how good the, uh, video equipment was. And if there was a guy in the back working the controls, like making, you know, making a video and I would go back there and I'd go, Hey, what's your name? My name's Steve. Hey, how can I get this footage? And we would pay him something. And that really is how we started putting videos up. It was, they're already done. It's a live version of something we just did. So that, then we started going, Oh, well, people are liking these. Maybe we should start, you know, doing more on skiguys.com. And the same way it was with the movie, it was like the Kendrick brothers are making fireproof, courageous war room, all the, you know, and for the first time, I think in our lives, in our world, it's not the Jesus film that they're showing on campuses, right? Like, like, like people are buying tickets to these dramas. Um, And then it was like, well, we're doing all these little mini movies. Churches know us. No one's calling us to say, hey, can you guys make a comedy? But we really should try to make a comedy, make the first faith-based comedy and just see if it could stay in the litmus test with all these dramas. And I mean, it's taken 10 years, guys. Um, But yeah, we've had four different scripts um, and we landed on family camp towards the end uh, because it's in one setting, really. So it was cheaper to make. But it's a great, funny movie. Um, Sony, their faith-based uh, division is behind it that made all the dramas and stuff. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Um, so, so tell us about it. Like, do you, is there a release date yet? Is, is any of that like up and up and re- up and running? Yeah. So uh, a lot of people don't know this, but um, there was this pandemic and uh, 
in New Mexico, we are familiar. Yeah, are you familiar? <laughs> uh, so when we, we, we made the movie and even when we had our first uh, screenings, um, it was, man, this is a great movie. This is going to be great in theaters. People are going to love it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we're super proud of it. Um, but then as things have gone on, it's like, yeah, that's not really going to work out. People aren't going to movie theaters anymore. And at first that was a real letdown. It's like, oh man, I want to go to the movies and see my movie. Like, I, you know, but as time has gone on, it's been one of those things that the greatest blessing. So right now the movie's done. We filmed it in uh, June. There was a, if you looked at stuff, you'd see that, uh, the pandemic hit and then there's this little lull. And during that lull, uh, there was two movies that were being filmed in the world. Uh, one was ours and the other was some movie somewhere on the other side of the world. And so we filmed it during that time. We followed protocol. Everyone was safe. Nobody got sick. Um, it's been through all of the post-production and it is now in the hands of some folks that are taking it around to Netflix, Hulu, and seeing where it may land there. Um, it could be that it's just going to be streamed. It could be a combination of streamed and limited in some areas. Uh, so we'll just wait and see what goes for it. The beautiful thing is over the pandemic, we were able to start doing bedtime Bible stories. And that's something that we've seen God use in a really crazy way. And uh, so if it is streaming, then what that means is that it gets released. Everyone in the world uh, world uh, can see it. And so folks that we've connected with through bedtime Bible stories in uh, on the other side of the planet, um, they would have to wait a while for it to go through movie theaters before it would start streaming. So the great thing is, if it does go just streaming, then immediately. And, and the other thing is, our hope is that somebody might not know who we are, or they might not be interested in a faith-based comedy. Uh, they wouldn't spend money, family, you know, for to go see this movie, but they might give it a shot. You know, it's on Netflix. I've already paid for Netflix. I'll see what it is, uh, which hopefully gives us an opportunity to minister to families in a way that we couldn't even imagine. Yeah, yeah there's um, uh, last April, Netflix bought one week away or one a week, a week, a week away, a week away. They bought that a year ago. And they showed it at Easter time and it did really well. And so that is part of it too. They're looking at, you know, okay, this one did this. So we may be in that same category, hopefully. Um, what's beautiful about it as well, when we started before Sony made our movie, they you all like Matt, you described, you know, the 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 disciples running the tomb. Sony was saying, you guys have great videos. But it's all like dinner table videos. Like it's all like you got to know who you guys are. They're great. They're beautiful. But you all have no handshakes out there in social media. Like if people didn't know who you were, uh, it's hard to get to know you guys. And we're like, oh, my goodness, how are we going to do handshakes? And then COVID hit and then bedtime Bible stories hit. And Caleb showed those. I mean, they're shown all over the world. So no matter how all this works. We have, for a year and a half, we have had the most amazing handshake. There are little kids that have no idea who we were, and they think we are rock star Mr. Rogers now, and um, and they would watch anything. So it really was this beautiful gift of a whole new generation, not just people with credit cards at churches buying videos, but families going, I I love these guys. What what else do they have? So we'll see. We'll see how all this works together. But it's really been a beautiful thing to watch what God does. I was just saying it, it was something that we 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 get these emails week after week after week from people from man from 
kids, parents, um, single adults. Um, we have through the pandemic seen a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, but also a lot of joy and a lot of hope. And uh, in, in the midst, it just, for our ministry, it, it allowed us to to do something we'd never done before and, and to reach people in a way, uh, so much so that we added a whole another section to our website that is just a place to go watch videos. It's, you know, it's, I'll just, I'll plug it shamelessly because we make no money off of it, but it's, it's skitguys.com slash SGTV, as in Skit Guys TV. It's got all of our, it's got our podcast there. It's got videos for your family. Uh, just to watch. It's just a place to go watch stuff. You know, it's not, Hey, please buy this video. It's just go watch, just be encouraged. And so it's, you know, I think what we're saying is we think maybe the God created the pandemic for our ministry. We're, we're just, (laughs) we're not sure completely, (laughs) but we're leaning that way. I like that version of it because the story on this, this podcast has been the pandemic hit right after I was announced as the candidate for president of the SBC Pastors Conference. No, entire thing on me, and, uh, and so so anyway, I, so I the like, Lord Matt providentially Hinsley. protected us from having Matt Hensley as the SBC um, Matt, pr- no, Pastors presidential. It's ours. It's ours. Buddy. Don't you? No, you take that on. Yeah. Well, well hey, the, the streaming thing worked pretty well for Hamilton, right? So so we'll we'll just pray that it worked well, works as well for for a family camp, and I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, and yeah, super stoked to intro- further introduce my own kids to Skit Guy stuff as well. Thank um, you guys. Thank we're, you. we're, it was, it was a dream come true. It was, it was, uh, it was something that both of us, uh, put on an altar probably 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, the, I mean, to uh, us, two yahoos, that was probably the ultimate dream was yeah. to be able to make a movie. And, and, and at least 30 years ago, we said, okay, God, we'll give up on that. And and he was so gracious and generous to give it back to us. Wow. Yeah. So how can our people uh, find you guys uh, on social media? Obviously, you mentioned your website, skitguys.com. Uh, where where else? Uh, MySpace slash skitguys. <laughs> <laughs> we're on Yahoo hooligans. Um, <laughs> no, you can. Well, yeah, at skitguys on Instagram, at skitguys on uh YouTube, TikTok, on the YouTubes, uh, and then for real, like skitguys.com slash SGTV. I mean, all of the episodes of Bedtime Bible Stories are there. There's live performances. There's there's hand-chosen videos that we go, we think this is really good for family, so that's there. Um, we did just write a book on friendship that uh, should hopefully be in, you know, your local Christian bookstore on Amazon. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, on Amazon um, at some point soon. That is certainly something Kyle and I will not be doing. So I'm glad y'all did it. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a couple of books. None of them are on bookshelves anywhere. <laughs> None of them are on friendship. <laughs> That's great. So, Kyle, you want to send us out? Yeah. Well, guys, Tommy, Eddie, thank you so much for being here today. To our listeners, um, we, we were talking before we came on about one of their early skits, Beanie Weenies. If you have not seen it, go YouTube it and introduce it to your kids and you will love it. Um, and, and uh, you know, look for some ways that you can incorporate stories just like these guys have, have, have encouraged us today. God bless you guys and, and your movie. You're so excited about it. Uh, thank you for listening today. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?